I'm Will Coleman, founder and CEO of Alto, and I built Alto to put an end to rideshare horror stories. You're used to the total lack of consistency in rideshare. Maybe it's a smelly car or a driver that asks just one too many personal questions. Not anymore. With Alto, you know exactly what to expect every ride. Every Alto driver is a trained Alto employee, and every Alto vehicle is part of our private fleet of luxury SUVs. Say goodbye to rideshare horror stories. Download the Alto app today and use code FOUNDER for $10 off your first ride. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Coco Express Network. Talk radio that informs. Talk radio that inspires. Talk radio that enlightens. Talk radio for us all. Everybody and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Coco Express Show Network. I'm your host, Aurelia Lyles, and I am back. Yes, 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 I am back. Um, many of you have asked if I, you know, am still doing the show. Yes, I am still doing the show. It's just I've had a few uh, hiccups, some trip ups, but I still get up and keep it moving. Yeah, this. I hope your summer has been so far really. Um, productive, fun, and very engaging. We've had some, I guess you can call it some uncomfortable weather, but it is part of what the summer's all about. My um, real concern is for the people in New Orleans. They're really, really experiencing some really um, unfortunate weather. And, you know, my blessings and prayers and anything, any good vibe that I can send out to the people there, I, I'm sending it out to them. Now, today's show, today's show is one that I am so honored to be a part of because it has to do with one of the groups that I so love so much, um, true fan to the core. And, you know, in doing this and preparing for this show, I thought it was going to be easy for me, but it wasn't easy at all. What it did was it made me sit back and think about a time, a different time, when things were different, but yet still the same as they are, but better different. And it's hard to explain, but um, we have with us today um, part of our music legacy, um, um, R&B and pop music legacy, um, one of the members of the, uh, the group Switch. Now, I have to tell you, um, Switch changed me. Some of the songs that um, they they recorded um, affected my life in a lot of ways. And, I mean, if I was ever going through some kind of problem or some dude was giving me a hard time, trust me, I'm listening to a Switch song to make me feel better. And, of course, being that the, the band members were so attractive of course I swooned over all of them anyway so um, you're hearing it live so um, I would like the opportunity to bring to you a Mr. Greg Williams who is one of the founding members of the group Switch he's with us today and he has um, written a book Switch is even back and I mean his comeback is something this 
groups come back is amazing. So let me stop talking and please allow me the opportunity to bring to you Mr. Gregory Williams. Hello. Good morning, and please don't stop talking. You flatter me. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) You can talk all day. I'm cool. (laughs) Oh, my Thank you for your words. I do appreciate that. Oh, you are so welcome. I, I have to tell you, true fan. I mean, right on magazine fan, okay? <laughs> okay. Yes. Hey, you something funny. My very best friend in life is Cynthia Horner. Oh, Has great. been since 1978. Oh, she'd oh, be happy great. to hear that as well. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, you. what can I say? There are no words that can really um, kind of explain or describe how much of an impact your group has made on the the history of our music. Yeah, I, you know something, I'm just honored, and we are blessed to have been there and done what we did. We were just young cats wanting to get out and do some music and make something happen, and I think we've accomplished that tenfold and left something for the world, so I'm just thankful. You're humbled by it all, to be honest with you, me and the guys. Because I, as the founder of the group, I uh, handpicked and surrounded myself with like minds and 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 like guys, you know, with similar talents, similar thought process, but most importantly, similar hearts, you know. And we're still a group of humble guys, and I still have four original guys because uh, we're like brothers, and we, like I said, like minds. We think alike, so mm-hmm. we're just blessed, honestly. That, yes, that is. And that is definitely true. Now, the thing, you know, it's so many different um, things that I wanted to talk to you about. But I, I'm be honest with you. I tried to read the book, and I'm like, oh, I can read this book. I can breeze through it. This is not a book that you can breeze through, because this book makes you sit and think. And each chapter is telling its own story. And I like that. You have, yeah, you have to look at it because it tells like it, it's like um, a coming of age story for your group, for the group's yeah, pitch. That is a it. coming of age story for you as an individual, and you know, it, it, and it tells a story and it tells a lesson. And the people that you surrounded yourself with, the people that you were able to um, interact with, these are people that are, um, I guess you could say, part of the legacy that we all look at as our music history as well. So, like I said, it is not an easy book that you can just breeze through. It's something you really have to take your time and absorb, absorb and digest. And I thank you for writing this. My God, I thank you for your words again. You know, I just, I, I, I poured my heart out. In fact, I've told a few people, I just took off all my clothes and ran out in the street butt naked. <laughs> and that's what you see. Everything that Greg Williams is, that's what's in that book. So. Yes, and I see that, and I'm like, no, I can't, I can't rush through this book because I don't want to skip anything. And that was the thing that was, had me. I'm still reading it, and that's what had me going. And I'm like, this is so interesting to know because we never really know how people be, you know, their humble beginning. And we never understand, you know, why you make the decisions you make, what caused you to go in this direction. And one thing I did learn about the book and learn about you was that you seized every opportunity that came your way. 
Yeah. I didn't have a choice in the matter. I knew that it would take me someplace where I wasn't, you know, and I prayed that it would take me someplace that I wanted to go and someplace safe and someplace that wasn't too crazy, but I had to pursue. I think I talk about coming from nothing and nowhere in the course of it, so the only way I could go was up, and I did my best to do that and to take some people that I loved with me since I wound up being the one of that particular unit and I'm not just referring to switch but I'm talking about unit of people that were in my life I was the one that you know for the most part took the initiative and had to drive mm-hmm. I'm sure that everybody else had you know because I was an Indian as well as being becoming a chief but you know fortunately what I said stuck what what I did stuck and it matters and I'm just mm-hmm. thankful and in writing that book I just needed to get it off my chest you know, while I still have the memories, I pray they never mm-hmm. go away, but while I still had them, I put them down. I had to. And believe this now, my book is 556 pages. I had to cut it off. I mean, I had over 700 mm-hmm. pages. So now I have the sequel already started. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I have so much to say. There's more? <laughs> oh, God, yes. God, yes. And just to give you a hint. The most important thing of it is because is that I became a father at 44 years old. But I also mm-hmm. managed Michelle, who played on Family Matters and mm-hmm. uh, uh, the Cosby Show. I managed Elder Barge for 10 years. I uh, worked with. Uh, I became a member of the group GQ. I, there's so many things that I did. I became an editor for Right On Magazine for about eight years. I mean, there's, and there's a whole lot more to Greg Williams and Greg Williams' life that a lot of people don't know. You know, mm-hmm. that uh, I will get to share in the sequel. Oh, great. Oh, I can't wait. Now, <laughs> let's let's rewind a little bit and go back to um, Switch um, and the group yes. before Switch. Now, you say, you know, I always ask, was music part of your background? Which I know because I read the book. But um, your background, was it musically inclined? I was born into it. My mom uh, sang, uh, she was a gospel singer. She sang in church, but she also sang with a, a, a gospel group, a gospel quartet, if I remember correctly. In fact, I do remember correctly, a gospel quartet. And my, my dad played saxophone, primarily jazz, you know. Both of them were local talents. Neither one of them at that point in time pursued a musical career, but they were talented people. Now, being my mom was a single mom, even though my dad was, he was not, he was, not really consistently in my life, but he lived a few blocks away, so I had access to him from from time to time. And of course, the music thing running through my veins. He is a part of. I claim him as part of the influence because he was actually pretty good. But the thing of it is, my mom raised me, but my mom also her family raised me. She was one of eleven siblings, and all of them sang and all of them played instruments. So when people ask me about my musical influences as a youngster, that's my musical influence. I heard other people's music and records and things like that, but I was not as affected by that as I was my own family. So to answer your question, absolutely, music was in my veins from the moment I was born. And what did you what did you want to do with the music that was in you? Oh, I wanted to share it with the world. Okay. I wasn't seeking fame and fortune. I was just seeking release, you know, mm-hmm. and, and more exploration, learn more, and everything I could gobble up in my spirit, in my mind, you know, uh, musically, I sought out and went after. Okay. Now, with that being said, 
did you feel that being in Ohio was, was limiting you and you wanted to, I guess, find greener pastures? That was why you sought your way out? I was born and raised in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay. Ohio was part of my latter journey. I think I went to Ohio the first time when I was in my teens when I joined the band. And I went there and I stayed for a month, and that didn't work out because they didn't have no place for me to live, and they didn't work enough for me to uh, take care of myself. So I wound up going back to Grand Rapids. And it was strange that after years later, a few years later, at least four or five, after joining White Heat, well, joining TNT Flashers, who became White Heat, uh, we wound up moving back to Akron again. So Akron definitely had an impact on my life, but uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan is where I was born and raised, and there was nothing there for me. You know, other than family, there was nothing really there. I mean, great place to cut your teeth and learn in the beginning, but you can't stay there and grow. Mm. At least I couldn't. With the dreams that I had, I couldn't. <laughs> mm. And that's that's amazing. That's excellent. And in choosing the people that you surrounded yourself with, what was your, um, how can I put it, what was your model for yourself when you were choosing the people that you surrounded yourself around? Uh, I, I, when you ask that question, are you referring to switch? Are you referring to just my folks in general? Just your folks in general because that transcends. Well, I wanted to, to be honest with you, I did my best to be around people that I could learn positive mm-hmm. things from and do positive things with. Because, you know, being poor in the inner city, you can learn a whole bunch of negative stuff, too. And uh, you can become a criminal. You can become a drug addict. You can become a street entrepreneur. You know, you can become a lot of things that take you in the wrong direction. I sought out positive stuff. You know, fortunately, I grew up with positive influences. And, again, I'll tell you about my mom's family and her siblings and stuff like that, you know. Uh, African, Average African-American family, but positive Christian people for the most part. So I sought that in every situation I found myself in until ultimately I got to the switch situation where it was on me to hand pick who I wanted to be be in my life and travel on my journey. And I did the same thing, positive, open-minded people. Mm-hmm. Now, switch. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. Switch, such an amazing group. I mean, did you think that you were going to have the success that you had with the group, that you have with the group when you initially started? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was sure. I'll tell you something, and then we'll talk about it a little more if you want to. But I was so absolutely sure that in 1977, after I put the group together, after we cut the demo, which took about two weeks, after I took them guys out of their homes and moved them to another town to cut a demo uh, to go get a record deal, I told these guys, I said, when uh, the demo was cut and Jody and I were going to go to California, I told them, and they will attest to me, tell them I'll have a deal in two weeks. Don't about getting a record deal in two weeks. But I was sure of it. I was absolutely sure of it. I was confident of it. Today they would have told me I was nuts. <laughs> but then they believed me. And yes, I did it. Then that's amazing. So, now, putting a group like this together um, must have taken, I mean, a, a couple of, you know, an act of God, but some really good strategizing and, and really understanding the, the sound that you wanted to produce and, and the kind of music that you wanted to make. What was that process like for you? 
You know what? I have been through, uh, first of all, I started singing when I was five years old. I learned to play the trumpet at probably about fourth grade, so it was, I was, what, about eight or nine, I think. Okay? I was acting in grade school as well. I was in different plays and things like different programs and stuff like that. So I've always been an entertainer. Every every part of my life, you know, I had to do with entertainment. So in when it was time for me to put Switch together, I'd probably been through so many plays. I'd done some off-Broadway stuff. I'd been through probably six bands because I was in a singing and stepping group. I was a trumpet player in a group. I would play piano behind people. So I'd been through so much and learned so much and met so many people that when it finally came to switch, I had a plethora of people to choose from. So mm-hmm. I decided what kind of people I wanted and went and got them. Mm-hmm. And part of that, just sharing, mm-hmm. in my vision, as I sit on my mom's steps, trying to figure out what I'm going to do, what am I going to do with my life here, and what's the quickest way for me to become successful. And I thought I'd become a producer. But the quickest way for me to become a producer is to put a band together and go sell that. Mm-hmm. So I thought, what do you want in a band? And I wanted people like me. I wanted musicians that could play more than one instrument very well. I wanted musicians that could sing. Everybody could be a lead vocalist if pushed in the right direction. I definitely wanted good-looking guys because I had to say, but, you know, the girls don't scream for the ugly guys. (laughs) They scream at them. (laughs) Okay, not calling anybody ugly. But <laughs> and most importantly, I wanted guys, good, solid people. Mm-hmm. I didn't want people that uh, were alcoholics or drug addicts or thieves or crooks or mm-hmm. negative. I didn't want mm-hmm. people afraid, you know, to get out there and put their all into trying to make something happen. And I wouldn't mm-hmm. accept them. So I was able to sit back and outrule people. It was all me talking versus writing it down, but I talked it out pretty well. And I eliminated people based on certain things before I picked people, to tell you the truth. Because okay. I always, I learned years ago, it's better, it's often better to know what you don't want than it is to know what you do. Yes, it works. Yeah. It keeps you from going in the wrong direction. It may not lead you in the right direction, but it keeps you from going in the wrong direction. So anyway, with that said, I knew the kind of people I wanted to work with. But I do have to say God took control and turned it out better than I could have ever dreamed it. Yes, yes. Now, I'm going to play one of the, you know, older Switch songs. And you're going to tell me once that song is finished, where were you, what was, you know, what was going on, what, who created, who wrote, all those different things. Because we don't know these things, but I always like to, to hear the backstory. Okay. So it's, I call your name, which is one of my favorite. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. I used to think about immature things. You know, like, do you love me? Do you want me? Are you going to call me like you said you would? Is this really your real phone number? But you know, 
Okay, I have to tell you that I could let this go on and on and on and on and on. And on and on. Because, oh, cool I mean, this is, is one of my favorites. This is too cool. <laughs> now, okay. my question to you is, who, you know, who wrote this? And, 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 you know, where did you come up with the whole concept for this song? Actually, the song was written in 1978. It was written by Bobby D. Barge and myself before, actually, before the first Switch album came out. We were working on the first Switch album, but uh, we started the song during that period. I don't think we completed it during that period, you know, uh, to what it became, because we didn't even go in the studio and record it. But anyway, Bobby D. Barge and I, after the group uh, lived in a house together, but maybe the first year of being here in L.A., Bobby and I moved into an apartment together. I moved in, my roommate moved out, and I had Bobby move in. And we used to sit and play the piano most nights. Had a piano in the living room, and we used to play most nights. And one night, uh, he was playing this. And uh, I came out of my bedroom, and he asked me to help him out with what he was doing. And we both dove in, and we just wrote the song. Wow. Okay? Wow. Yeah. And that's how it happened, as as with a few other songs that we collaborated on. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, Actually, I mean, something that I don't talk about that people don't know, but the very first song that Bobby D. Barge ever had published, the very first song that I ever had published, he and I wrote together. It was for the White Heat album on RCA, 1975, a song called I've Been So Lonely. Okay. And that's how our writing, our collaboration thing began. Oh, That's oh, the first thing that we wrote that was released because I'm sure we wrote a couple other things too mm-hmm. together because we were very much a team, you know, when uh, we joined White Heat. It was him and me against the world. Okay. Well, you sure did tackle it and you conquered it and you won. Thank you, darling. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Now, my other favorite is They'll Never Be. And I have to tell you something funny. Um, my daughter, she will attest to it. I had her listening to all the old school songs, and she has a whole mixtape that she plays in her car every day, and They'll Never Be is one of the ones that she has on it. So How awesome is that? <laughs> yeah, you jump in into, you know, the next generation, and, you know, they're loving your music as well. So generations are still following and loving it and enjoying it. And I don't know if you've noticed the trend, but a lot of these television shows are picking up on the old school songs, and they're bringing them back yeah. to life, too. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, and I'm excited to be a part of it. I don't know if you know that Switch's song, Love Over and Over, is the opening song for the new Shaft movie, and also uh, the song that the credits roll. So it plays twice, the beginning and the end of the movie. All right, all right. Were you aware of that? No, I didn't know that. That is phenomenal. Yep, Switch Love Over and Over Again is the opening and closing song of the new Shaft movie, so I'm honored. But then to coincide with what you're saying as well, there is a group, and I still have not, I'm embarrassed that I have not caught their name, but there was a group of kids dancing to They'll Never Be, a video It's on YouTube. I mean, last I checked, it had over 3 million hits. Really? You know. And they were doing some creative dancing to Dell Ever Be. So I know that we are somewhat touching uh, 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 the next generation, as we did 10 years ago when Rich Boy used uh, I Call Your Name to come up with Throw Some D's, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So 
fortunately, our stuff has lived throughout all those years. Now, that's another song that Bobby and I wrote when we were living in that. Well, Bobby wrote it. I didn't write it. But Bobby wrote when we were living in that apartment. And he asked me to, he said, check this out, man. He started playing and singing it. And uh, we decided that this was, we were done with our first album pretty much, according to what we knew. Mm-hmm. And there was a song called You're the One for Me that was going to be the single. And uh, as these songs were being mixed, uh, one night in the apartment, Bobby come up with this one. Well, immediately we called, uh, after me listening to it too, I said, we need, we got to call Mr. Gordy about this one. So, because he was overseeing the project with us. Mm-hmm. And so we called him, and uh, he said, it's a smash. And he said, I'll call you guys back. He got off the phone. He called us back. He said, y'all go in the studio in the morning and cut this. Mm-hmm. And we cut it, and he even thought more of it then, and that's how it became Switch's first single. Okay, okay. Well, I'm a fan of They'll Never Be In, and I can listen to that all day long. It's just a great song. Uh, it's, it's really just a great song. Um, now, your your life and your career when didn't end with Switch. It transcended into other things. Now, was that difficult to 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 leave that part of yourself and move on to other things? Well, I never really left it. It's just morphed into some other stuff. You know, being the founder leader of Switch and learning everything I could over the years, you know, mm-hmm. uh, made it easy for me to give people advice mm-hmm. about the business. And then I realized, Greg, all this advice you're giving, uh, other people get paid for. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I realized that, I, I uh, accidentally became a group manager. You know, now being a musician and a producer and stuff like that, that was a given. And uh, after Switch, I wound up being a producer over at Sugar Hill Records. At that time, their hot acts were Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five and the West Street Mob. And I saw quite a few other people pass through there, you know, like uh, LL Cool J and Regina Bell and God, Cool Modi, and all of them passed through Sugar Hill when I, when I got there. But anyway, I wound up being a producer there. Also, after Switch, the early years, I wound up becoming a short-term member of the group GQ. Mm-hmm. So I moved on to various other things, but ultimately I became an, an artist manager in a production company as well. I was still producing music, but I was managing acts as well. So, mm-hmm. and it just evolved in all the other things, you know, and I, to join White Heat in 1973, I left college. My intended major in college was English. Actually, I went back to school at age 50 and wound up getting my degree at 55. In English, it took me all those years to go back and get it, but I got it. So, you know, but the thing is, is that uh, with that being an underlying thing of mine, that's how I wound up working uh, under Cynthia at uh, Right On Magazine and ultimately being the head guy at a magazine called Sisters and Style, which was owned by the Right On Company, which was owned by the National Enquirer, which was headed up by, you know, uh, the Right On and Sisters and Style was headed up by Cynthia. Mm-hmm. So I evolved into quite a few things, you know, over the years. Yes, yes, definitely. And, uh, you know, the beautiful thing about it is that you come back home. And um, that is Switches Back, and they have a new single, which is amazing. Oh, glad you heard it then, right? I, sh- I have it to play for our listeners as well, if you'd like. 
There we go. I like that. Good. Yes, yes. So my thing, my question to you is, how does it feel coming back home? You know what? Again, I got to tell you, we never left. Although it was 35 years, we were absent from the music scene, the recording scene, for 35 mm-hmm. years. It took me 20 years to find somebody to replace the, the sound of Bobby DeBarge. And mm-hmm. see, there's, or shall I say, just step in for the switch sound, because there's no replacing Bobby DeBarge. But in my mind, in my heart, Bobby DeBarge is the most incredible falsetto singer God put on this planet. He really is. He's just phenomenal because he didn't sound false. You know, a lot of guys might have a voice as deep as mine, and then they sing as high as Eddie Kendricks. Whereas, you know, Bobby was Bobby. He was just a natural. He sounds like a natural falsetto guy, and he's more natural than anybody. And I love Eddie Kendricks, and I love Philip Bailey, but this still not Bobby DeBarge. And I'm not being biased because, well, I could be being biased, but that's really how I feel about it because I do give credit where credit is due no matter what. So it took me 20 years to find somebody to step into those shoes. Anybody can't just do that. I was blessed mm-hmm. to find this guy, Keely, who okay. did just that. Because actually he's uh, considerably younger than, than us guys are. Mm-hmm. So he cut his teeth learning how to sing like Bobby and Elle. Okay. He okay. also, what a lot of people don't know, he writes like them too. Oh. And I wrote this new single, I Love You More. Oh, really? And, That's yep. great. And from my point of view, that picks up where Switch left off. Yes. So let's play it for our listeners so they can get a taste of the comeback Okay, song. cool. Cool. Everyone 
Well, thank you, thank okay. you, and thank you. Thank you. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's so. It's nice to hear uh, this new song. It took us a while, but finally we we. In fact, we're actually like four songs into a uh, complete album, complete CD. Oh, nice. But that nice. one, I was adamant, has to be the first single, so that mm-hmm. people know that you know Switch is back. Actually, and I, I think that song says Switch is back. What do you think? Yes, it does. It indeed says that you are back, and you you're you're making waves in the water. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Now, life is good right now. I mean, there's so much going on. We've got the new single. We've got the book. We've got uh, uh, the Shaft movie. And then on mm-hmm. top of that off, even though I disagree with it, we have that Bobby Bard story as well, which brings a f- focuses attention on Switch, no matter mm-hmm. how they misrepresent it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm just thankful. It's, it's the moment. It's the Switch moment. And I'm going to revel in it. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to share all the things that God has given us to kind of, uh, convey the story and keep that legacy alive and enrich that legacy. That's what's so important to me now. Yes, and and as you know, a receiver of all these wonderful gifts you're sharing, <laughs> I I would love to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, that's kind of you. You're welcome, sweetheart. <laughs> now, my question to you now is, okay, you've come. So far, you've been in the industry for so long. You understand, you know, the 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 game and and how it's played. What advice would you give to up and coming, you know, people who are entering the industry? What would you like to share with them to help them? There is some key stuff that I could share, and it's a lot. It's more than a mouthful, but there are two things that they should never forget. And one is believe in yourself. Believe in yourself above and beyond all else. Because if you do, you can convince the world. You might not get the first ten, but, you know, if you get the the two after the ten, you've accomplished something. So first and foremost, believe in yourself and try to believe. Try to find somebody that believes in you as much as you do, but somebody that ain't trying to be who you are. Meaning somebody that... Uh, believes in you but wants to handle your business, somebody who can be the eyes in the back of your head. Try to find that. But first and foremost, even without them, believe in yourself and go make that happen. And secondly, learn everything you can. Please understand that what you're trying to get into is the music business. There is no music without the business when you get to a certain level. And so that means somebody's getting paid off of your talent. Let's say that be you. The more you learn, the more you earn. All right. Okay. That, that that's profound. That's profound. And I I I get it. So other than, you know, all of these things, my biggest question that I ask a lot of visitors to the show what is it that you do to keep yourself calm and, and at peace? Play music. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Play music. Yes. Yes. Believe it or not, believe it or not, I was a jazz musician from the very beginning. I went into R&B because I knew that it was faster and it was probably going to be bigger, you know, 
but I, I played jazz. And believe it or not, I'm sitting on at least three jazz albums of my very own. My other persona or alter ego is called Mr. G, named by Cynthia Horner, believe it or not. And uh, I have three jazz albums that I'm sitting on. But the point that uh, I'm making to answer your question is I listen to a lot of stuff. I listen to all kinds of music, you know, and that kind of keeps me level. I, I create, I, believe it or not, uh, Native Instruments is one of, Yamaha used to be one of the biggest commercial music instrument uh, companies in the world. Now Native Instrument is. And I have an endorsement through Native Instruments. Not only uh, do they endorse Greg Williams and Switch, but I have a line of loops and beaks and samples that um, the Switch Entertainment Collection on Sounds.com that's uh, I keep myself refreshed on music as best I can you know, on new ideas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the music is what keeps me straight. It keeps me calm. It keeps me thriving. It really does. That's, that's amazing. That's excellent. And the simple fact that you you practice what you preach, as in you're saying never stop learning, learn as much as you can. You're continuing to do that as well, and that's important. And that's important for us to hear, too, because oftentimes a lot of people feel that when people get into a certain position, they don't have to do anything else anymore. They got it. But you're showing us and telling us that's not the case. You want to hear something funny? I did a book signing in Cleveland Cleveland on what night was that? I think that was the 21st of June. And strangely enough, maybe one-third of my audience was senior citizens. Now, I turned Mm. 65 years uh, on May 18th. And so I was shocked with the question of what would you tell these seniors who have basically thrown in a towel because of their, their age, you know, or basically settled on an accepted life as it is. You seem to be still active at your age. What would you tell these seniors up in here now? And what I wound up telling them was get up off your butt. <laughs> Go to work. Check this out. There's still life in those bones. You woke up this morning. Okay, you might not be able to raise your left arm as high as you can raise your right arm, but use the heck out of your right arm then. But do something. Live. Keep trying. Keep working. Keep fighting. As long as there's life in that body, you can achieve something. You know, and I'm not a sports enthusiast by any stretch of the imagination, but I I happened to see some clips of the uh, uh, SB Awards the other night, and there was a guy that without arms and legs that coaches football. Mm. And I was in awe of that because all it says is that the human spirit can overcome anything if they try. So the bottom line is just try, guys. I don't care. Just try. Okay. You'll wind up with something greater than what you started with, even if it's just a frame of mind. That is excellent. That is really excellent. I'm sitting here going, that is just so true, and thank you for sharing that. Thank you for saying that, because I know a lot of people who feel that once they get to a point, that's it, I'm done. But it's not true. It's not the case. You're not done until they throw the dirt or toss the ashes. There you go. You're not done until then. Mm Mm-hmm. So the whole thing of it is, is if you love anything about life, then live it. Dive in, dive back in, keep going, live it. You gotta. That's why it was given to you. It's a precious gift, and it wasn't for you to just watch it go by. 
and dissipate like steam from a kettle. Hmm. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Thank you. Now, before we get, you know, before you get away from me, um, I would like to find out how we can keep in contact, how people can follow you and, and find out what's going on with Twitch and uh, all the other endeavors that you have going on. Okay, just like the, uh, the music, the new single, and my mm-hmm. book, Switch to Barge Motown and Me, and all things Switch exist on www.switchentertainmentworld.com. That's our website. Now, all of us individually and collectively have Facebook. We've got Instagram. We've got Twitter accounts. So we're all over social media. We all just hired individual and collective uh social media uh, 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 people to help keep us out there. We've Mm -hmm. we've invested, uh, the record is our own label. It's called Switch New Music Partners. And we've just invested a lot of money in radio and social media for the record and for to get Switch back out there. We are touring. We are working. So, but again, www.switchentertainmentworld.com. Uh, find Gregory Williams or Switch Entertainment LLC on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. You know, uh, we're out there. And all the guys, again, individually and collectively, have our own pages and stuff. So if you want to know individual information, just find us. We're there. Okay, great, great. I have to tell you that this was indeed an honor. Like I said, Switch fans from back in the day and um, still playing your music. And got my my daughter playing your music, and and you know the legacy continues. And having had the opportunity to sit here and chat with you and learn more about you and who you are, I'm even more of a fan of your work. Thank you. And and I thank you so much for, and I'm saying this for listening to the call because. Sometimes we hear the call and we ignore it, but you listened to it and you went with it and let it take you where it wanted to take you. And for that, we are grateful. Oh, God. I couldn't ask for more. I really appreciate that because that's why I do what I do and did what I did. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted it. And it wasn't for fame and fortune. What it was all about is me being the best me I could possibly be and inspiring someone else with that. And what you just said, or what you've been saying all the way down since I got on this call, you know, reaffirms, <laughs> you know, my hopes, dreams, my plans. And you, you stated so eloquently that I, I really do appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. And we're going to end the show with my favorite song, okay? They'll Never Be. And Go ahead. I have to say, <laughs> you got it. So to all of my listeners, I want to thank each and every one of you for taking the time out to join us, and I hope you have enjoyed this show as much as I have. And we humbly thank Mr. Gregory Williams for joining us, sharing sharing himself and spending time with us, and we hope you can come back and join us again. I would love to, and you know what, and I'll bring the fellas next time. We set it up, I'll bring them, they'll come. Oh, great. I love it. So... To all my listeners, I will say have a wonderful weekend. And to Cynthia Horner, thank you for this amazing opportunity. And enjoy yourselves. Be well. Take care. God bless. Thank you, sweetheart. Take care, everybody.